One of the best ways to support the FTF podcast is to check out our Patreon over at patreon.com slash finish the fight for exclusive episodes, insights, interviews, and plenty more. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Finish the Fight, a gaming podcast. Where we produce and develop the highest quality gaming research in podcast form. I am your host, Alex Kendall. And I am your host, Derek Baker. And we are back. We are back. We're back, oh, baby. baby. Um, yeah, so we took some time off. Uh, personal reasons, holiday reasons, kind of shifting up what we even want to do with the podcast. And, you know, it, it was fun, but a lot. So we're, we're, we're back. New schedule, new ideas going on, but we kind of wanted to like fill you guys in also on the several months of hot, juicy gaming gossip Ooh. that we've missed. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I'm glad to be back. It was a lot of fun. We were, um, mm-hmm. especially if you've paid attention to our socials, just, you know, taking a little bit of a break, relaxing. It's good, man. I feel a lot more um, rejuvenated, I guess. Yeah, in a lot of ways, I, th- I think that it'll be good. No, I totally agree. Because the only time that I've really taken any breaks with the podcast was obviously when we shifted hosts and when we brought you on. Took a month off for that, um, but taking this time off one also just helped me really appreciate what we've been doing with the podcast and allowing me to like reset personally and professionally um, with what I do and giving us time to even just reconsider. You know, because you and I had talked, like, do we still want to do this? Is this something that is still fun for us? And I really think taking that time off had done so much for burnout and and deleting the burnout, getting us hyped again, and giving us actually like plenty of games that have come out as well, newer ones, plus just more details of older ones for us to research into. Yeah, absolutely. Because that that is one of the challenges of doing a podcast like this. There's so much time that goes into researching, you know, what these games are all about. And sometimes you can't find out a lot of information about those games until just some time has passed and people have reassessed. Maybe there's a remastered version that comes out and we can get a little bit more information at that point. But when we're loading up, you know, a new episode every week, um, it really limits like what we can do in terms of finding that research and you know, it, it can start to become less fun, I think, in, in that sense. So being able to let that time kind of pass and enjoy the holidays and everything was really, really great. 
Yeah, and I'm glad we didn't miss much. We just missed a lot of uh, failed launches <laughs> and uh, some games that aren't doing so hot and some AAA title studios that are kind of in the weeds, you know, with Battlefield 2042, 2142. Battlefield Bad yeah. is just what I've been calling it, the yeah. not good one. Battlefield, I wish there was more tornadoes. Um, <laughs> unfortunate. Uh, we had Halo Infinite drop, uh, which for me... I didn't play a lot of the multiplayer, but I played the campaign, which I thought was definitely a breath of fresh air, although a bit Assassin's Creed repetitive in what you had to do hmm. um, as far as the side missions. With the multiplayer, and I know like with the battle pass being a big point of contention with gamers who've played it, and we kind of see why they went free to play with multiplayer. One, not so much done but two really trying to push that battle pass yeah there's been a lot of controversy about the multiplayer of this game and it kind of falls back to some of the some of the same things that gamers have been complaining about for years now and and where this Mm -hmm. industry has really started trending with cosmetics being more pay to use than earnable and (laughs) You know, it goes back to that famous comment from, uh, I think it was Battlefront 2, Star Wars Battlefront 2, where it's like, they want the gamers to feel a sense of pride and accomplishment for, you know, getting to these special unlockables or, you know, just buy them because, yeah. you know, you don't want to play this game for a thousand hours to get something like that. So, yeah, we just want your extra bit of money so you can play Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and we, we see... We, or we thought we would have saw a better launch with that with Halo. We were promised early on when we saw the OG trailer with Craig and various other memes that the Battle Pass or anything in multiplayer would be available forever. So if you bought the Battle Pass, you could do it, which I believe is still there. However, the grind takes forever. So sure, it may be unlockables you can get, but you have to play so many matches. And I know there's been issues with daily quests, weeklies, you know, and they've definitely tweaked it. And they've been open. I will give Microsoft and 343 that on Twitter. Uh, a lot of them have been very open about what they're doing. But, you know, simple UI changes, or at least what we as the public think is simple UI changes are taking months. So, yeah, again, we're getting some of what was promised but that price tag is starting to add up. It's frustrating, right? Because when a game emphasizes a multiplayer over like a solo campaign, you kind of mm-hmm. expect that to be flawless. And, sure. and you want that to be as perfect as possible when it comes out. And games are going to have issues at launch now. I mean, that's sort of the reality, I think, of the industry right now, especially when you're talking about like interactive play multiplayer. Um, but the level of issues and, and the amount of time that was spent on this game trying to make it work, I could see where a lot of people are frustrated with it. And, and it adds up. And unfortunately, we're seeing so many games go the Bungie route or the Destiny route. Of It's a 10 plus year game. Like we're going to build this multiverse. We're going to build this amazing universe that you could interact with. We're going to build lore. We're going to build story. And I think that's just a catch all now in today's day and age with it, where it's much more of like, yeah, I see what you're trying to say, but also known as our game's not done. 
give it three to four years, it'll be playable and where it should be, and then we'll expand on it. And we'll call it free updates in the interim. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious how our listeners really feel about that in general. To me, and I'm curious what you think about this as well, to me, it's just these games that require this level of commitment, I, I find exhausting personally. Like, yes. I want to be able to play a game and I don't need to have 100% of everything done, you know, all the time. But I feel like they're asking for such a large commitment from people who buy these games. And there are so many great titles that come out when all of them are asking for that high level of commitment. It could be overwhelming. And I feel like it takes some of the fun out of the game for me where I, I want to play games and I'm at a point in life now where I play them more to relax and chill and whatever. And I'm sure that there are people who are willing to put in that time and commitment to like a, a Halo game and play that over the 10 years. But what I find is, especially with games that require such a commitment, it it sort of feels like once that game cycle finally closes out and you're kind of left with nothing, mm-hmm. that it I, I can't look back fondly on those games the same way. And we're seeing a lot of falling out with that. I mean, look at Assassin's Creed Valhalla. That's another 10-year for some reason title, which I understand from Ubisoft. Like, making Assassin's Creed every year or year and a half is a lot to ask to make it something that is a great game. And I see what they're trying to do, but I don't know if that's the right way to go about that specific IP. I don't even know if anyone's still playing that game besides to get trophies or get achievements for whatever it's it doesn't seem like something that would live on well and yeah that's that's another challenge as well when you plan out a game that's going to have this long life cycle and your uh player base dies down it can Mm -hmm. make it challenging in itself for people who do still play that game to even you know find matches find like consistently good gameplay find like teams to help them with certain challenges that come out to get new content like it always i think starts out really really strong and then Mm -hmm. starts to fade over time because there are like i said all these other great games that come out kind of with that same plan so or even revisiting older games i mean look at league of legends look at apex look at kind of overwatch it's kind of died out at this point because blizzard just kind of gave up on that but (laughs) Those games became a 10-year, or Apex kind of followed the track of a 10-year, because you're constantly putting new content out. Not just Halo, you get Big Team Battle, which should have been there in the first place, but wasn't. But you get a new legend, you get a new character to play as, which changes the meta, which changes the way you play, along with constant nerfs and buffs. That's what makes these games repeatable and playable. In Halo, I'm not sure how you will get that. You know, I'm not sure if you're going to have new guns released, whether it's an older vehicle released again, such as like a Mantis, or are you just going to keep rotating playlists very much like you've done forever? You know, how, like, besides being a hardcore Halo fan or a hardcore arena shooter fan, what brings you back? And I think that's one of the biggest things as gamers we have to look at is Sure, like in Halo and a lot of these other ones, and all of them, there's cosmetics you can unlock or purchase or loot crates you can get to get certain things. But does that bring you back? 
Is it the shift in gameplay? Is it seasons? You know, what keeps you going in these games? What keeps you continual things? Let's even look at a much more softer game, Stardew Valley, with Concerned Ape, who's constantly putting these free updates out that isn't even necessary. The, the, the game is there. People love right. it. They'll keep playing it. But as these major content updates, and I think that is the major question of like the, 20, the 20s, the roaring 20s of gaming <laughs> of this generation is, what will that be in these 10 years? Yeah, absolutely. And you... You get these games that are just, like I said, just hyper-focused on making as much money as possible. There's a lot of controversy around the Red Dead Online in particular. Mm-hmm. The, the hashtag Red, Fix Red Dead Online, you know, has been regularly trending because, you know, companies like Rockstar have put this emphasis on the, the multiplayer. And the Red Dead Online just a lot of times is just straight up broken. And on top of that, like so much of the player base is left that those games, I mean, people just talk about like, I haven't logged on to this in months, you know, unless they're doing things that are really worthwhile in the short term, you know, it it shouldn't, Mm -hmm. you shouldn't have to wait months and months and months, years to get that good content. Like, yes, you know, I, I, I wish that they would start trending back toward these shorter life cycles again. Um, but it's, it's hard to develop these games. Like people ask more and more and we look at the, how long it took to develop Halo Infinite and, you know, but for them to still have problems like that is Mm -hmm. disappointing. And to see where the pressures come from. I mean, I mean, let's, let's jump to a couple of the things that I want to talk about. That's even on that point, especially when it comes to the bottom dollar. Let's start with Microsoft with this, because I was about to bring it up with their, which we had talked about previously, but their acquisition of Bethesda ZeniMax um, as a company. I mean, those are another games company that's, we're on like an 11, 12 year cycle with a lot of their games. Yeah. But it's not a broken game released that we have to wait. It's not, it's not like we're getting Skyrim now, but oh yeah, there's no dragons yet. We couldn't program it in. <laughs> so give us like a year and then we'll give you a free patch. You'll get some horse armor. You know, it's all thumbs up. Right. So you have studios like that. And then you have other studios that Microsoft just purchased and looking over at uh, some Activision Blizzard, which uh, was a hefty price tag at 69 uh, giggity billion dollar Ooh, acquisition. Baby. A lot so, of dough. I mean, it's, a, it's a lot of dough out there, which I, I think in the community was actually pretty torn on is this good? Is this bad? Does this squash creativity and become like Marvel under Disney? Does this still allow all these independent devs, even though Activision Blizzard is very large and has their own partners under it, does that allow them to still operate? Are we going to get World of Warcraft on Game Pass? These are the questions that we have to ask. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's certainly some, uh, some fair concern. I think that my biggest concern lies within uh, exclusivity. Mm-hmm. And I felt like gaming for a long time was trending toward being more open and cross-platform. And I was really excited for that because I don't think that you should have to have an Xbox, a PlayStation, a Switch, and a PC. I think that's asking mm-hmm. a lot, you know, to play specific games. And of course, you don't have to do that. But it does make the decisions harder, especially when it's hard just to get a hold of a console at this point. Yep. 
I'm a little worried just about, you know, we had this Activision per- purchase. We had a Bungie purchase as well. We did. And those things becoming exclusive to these larger gaming publishers, it, it bums me out. Like, I, I have a PS5. I don't have an Xbox. I still want to be able to play, like, the Elder Scrolls titles. But the rumor is that that's going to be, you know, Microsoft exclusive now. Because we do know that Starfield is going to... Starfield? Whichever one. Their space one. I don't pay attention to their space one, but I think it's Starfield. Will be, I believe, a timed exclusive, or it is an Xbox exclusive. I forgot what they talked about in the Bethesda meeting months ago. But yeah, I mean, that's their first one. And I think, that's a, I think that is going to be a test bed to test the waters and see how people respond. It's a new IP from them. How does it do? Okay, now we're going to put six just onto Xbox and PC. How is that going to work? You know? Yeah. And like, I, it, it's weird to me when it's not characters that were, you know, originally designed by the publisher. Like, mm-hmm. Halo being a Microsoft exclusive, PC exclusive, like, that's fine to me because they came up sure. with the Master Chief. They're the ones who started that whole train. The Mario characters, of course, sticking with Nintendo. I'm fine with stuff like that. It's these other IPs, like Spider-Man being a PlayStation exclusive. Like, people love Spider-Man. It should not be strictly a PlayStation game. Like, Wolverine is coming out now. There's going to be a Spider-Man 2. Like, people on Xbox should be able to play those games. I, I don't love the idea of paying the big dollars just to get these, like, super exclusive non-house IPs. Mm-hmm. And I feel now, like we're trending toward that again. I somewhat get it. Sony, they covet Spider-Man. Spider-Man makes them a lot of money. I get the idea yeah. of it. But again, it's not like you're farming it out to Disney for Marvel. You know, this is just another game's console that you can also make money on. Or, you know, allow us in the true gaming console of PC players, allow <laughs> us to play some of it. Yeah. <laughs> which, which Sony is trending. God of War just reported on Steam three-week high that it is the best-selling PC game from Sony. Um, Horizon was, was high up there as well, but like obviously having God of War with it, which hopefully is a good trend to get more Sony very specific IPs to Steam or Epic. I don't really care where it goes as long as it goes to the true console. <laughs> also just the only one that I own besides a Switch. So like those are the two that I'm, I'm flip-flopping, but it is. And, you know, you brought up Bungie. Bungie, with, with the two previous masters joining, has joined sides <laughs> with Sony uh, for 3.6 or 6.3 billion. Let me just do blade check on that. 3.6. Um, so, yeah, you're jumping to 3.6 billion to acquire Bungie. And that includes Destiny, Mist, I guess. Um, but looking at Destiny and I think trying to see where they're going to go with that. And I think Sony will give a hundred percent give a better roadmap for them unlike activision yeah um, that just kind of try to squash them down and earn money yeah so it is the war of that and it is the war of like are we gonna have monopolies like we'll always have game studios out there that are very small indies or foreign ones that only produce this type of game under this but are we going to see more acquisitions soon? And the FTC is actually reviewing that purchase. Mm-hmm. I think they announced that as of today, as of this recording, February 1st. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, and I think it's worth looking into. I, there's 
a lot of media acquisitions just in general right now, especially with Disney, like you mentioned, and gamers not wanting to have that like standardized Disney version of of gaming is another Mm -hmm. fair concern to have. I mean, I don't. I don't want games to be designed based on like a market response, you know, like because yes. a marketing department put together some sort of study that said, well, gamers like this and don't like this and we'll still sell even this many copies, even if we add in this extra thing, this will be the bottom dollar projection. Like that's not how any of us, I think, want games to be made. We want them to go back to those more artistic visions. And it's mm-hmm. hard now with this being the, giant industry that it has become because the money really does matter you see boutique studios like a a rock star studio that went you know from making these like really unique artsy games now they focus a lot on that multiplayer they still make an artsy game every once in a while sure and red dead 2 was fantastic even within its story but then you see where they're not going to pay attention to things like that anymore. And they're only going to work on those money generating portions of the games. And Mm -hmm. that sucks. It does. And, you know, I think it is the way that the industry is trending. Um, Now there are positives and negatives as there always will be, you know, I I know a positive negative, let's call it that is game pass. I think game pass is for for tastic. It's for and fan tastic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for all the fours and fans out there, um, for the ability to play multiple games from indie studios, Microsoft studios, even larger studios that are out there that are getting this, especially Bethesda. Now we're going to see, again, Activision Blizzard under this umbrella. For 10 bucks a month for PC, you can get Ultimate, which is console, phone or tablet, plus PC for 15 bucks a month. For such an outrageously amazing price, to play so many games. And Sony's president, I know when Microsoft originally announced this, basically said, this will never work. This is ridiculous. And it's working. For now, I don't know how much they're hemorrhaging. Right. But Sony's like, well, maybe we should do that too. Yeah, they they decided to do that. And they have their PS now, but it's like server-based. I don't Mm -hmm. know exactly how the Game Pass works. I think you can download those games and not have to worry about things like that. Correct. You actually download the product to your computer and then very similar to Adobe or any of these other programs, they'll check every time you log on to make sure it's been X number of days you've connected to the internet, knowing that you have the availability to play this for the month you subscribe for. Right. And Nintendo does like kind of the same thing, I think, with their NES and SNES stuff, those subscription type games. And I, I think it's a great idea. And because there's too many titles now that that come out and we've kind of gotten out of that disc resale type of you, you know like places like brick and mortar stores i know gamestop mm-hmm. the the stocks are not trending with how that uh industry was supposed to be going but people are getting away from buying discs and reselling them and it sucks to spend $60 on a game, $70 on a game and then hate it. And like Mm -hmm. you have a digital copy of it because that's what was available to you. Or you had a console that doesn't even accept discs anymore. Yeah. And it, and it really depends on what their policies are. Like steam is very good. Steam allows two hours of play or less than two hours of play and you can return it. But I know Sony and Microsoft are, are a little bit thickler with some of their stuff. Yeah, it's 
So I, I think that having something like Game Pass and allowing you to like test out games and actually real versions of it, not demos like we used to get, you know, mm-hmm. you download like on Xbox 360, a demo of a game, get to play through the first mission or whatever, like actually getting into the game a little bit, knowing, hey, it, it, if this sucks, like I have Game Pass, I can just not play it anymore and play something else. And not only that, with with Game Pass, which Sony, I assume, will do the same thing, and Xbox Live even has some of these perks. If you're loving this game, and Microsoft's like, hey, our license for this game that we had on Game Pass runs out the end of this month, you can purchase it for 20% off, 25% off, 30% off. So if you want to continue to play, or if you just want to own the game, you actually get that perk with it. So I do like that ability as well. It's like, oh, sorry, like a couple of the Yakuza games left, purchase them. Yeah. And and you can. And and I think a lot of people take advantage of that as well. Yeah. No, that's a it's a fantastic strategy. I mean, there's too much good content out there. That's the problem. It's it's mm-hmm. you have way too many options now. And that's why those those ten year plans, I feel like that's good in theory. Um when you when you're working on a game that's only that, that probably sounds really awesome to you because that's like your life or whatever and that's yeah. how you want to project out your financials and whatever but um realistically not that many people i think are, are going to stick with the same game for 10 years so no just the only people that do they hate themselves and then as people called league of legend players <laughs> <laughs> and that is it um yeah so again this has been an interesting end of 2021 and start of 2022 I think we've seen some really cool stuff come out, some really cool promises coming out, and just some positive turns with some more delays, which is, I think, a lot of people understood after a lot of these games came out. They're like, eh, one more year, eh, yeah. you know, a little bit more time. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are totally fine with that. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, let us know. Like, what was your game of the year for 2021? What was your flop of the year for 2021? And what are you really most excited for? Whether it's a small indie title, whether it is like a PlayStation Now subscription. Like, are you excited about seeing maybe all your old games on it? Like, what are you excited to start this year out with? So, let us know. But yeah, this, again, was just an update we wanted to bring you before the first official episode comes out very soon. Um, We are shifting because Derek had mentioned taking a lot more time into research, a lot more time into the episode itself. Instead of doing four episodes a month, we're going to do two episodes a month. That'll be a bit meatier in a lot of the content we bring to that. Um, and there'll be some other stuff that will have bonuses along the way. I mean, there'll be jumps and curves and things like that. But as far as the traditional episode schedule, it's going to be every other week. So possibly two a month, three a month on occasion if it hits that week. But Expect every other week. Yeah, I think that um, it'll it'll just be a lot better for us and and for mm-hmm. the listeners too. Because I think that four uh, hour, sometimes hour and a half long podcasts is a lot to listen to in that amount of time. I mean, um, we definitely want to make sure that we're delivering on on what we produce as well. So, and we just want it to be fun at the end of the day, not getting burnt out. That's not good for us. I don't think that's good for people who listen to us because I'm sure that you guys want it to sound exciting when we're actually talking about it. And if we're drained and tired and all that stuff, it's mm-hmm. it's not going to be enjoyable for anyone. So, 
Exactly. So yeah, so we'll be back with you guys soon um, with a brand new episode. We've got two in the pipeline that are sounding really great so far. Um, so we've got some good stuff coming out. Good to be back. It's good to be back. It's good to talk to you, man. You as well. Anyway, guys, this is our return. As always, I'm your host, Alex Kendall. And I'm your host, Derek Baker. And thank you again for tuning in to Finish the Fight, a gaming podcast. Oh,